Welcome back to another episode of the Grace Church Members Podcast. I'm Chris Rivers, and I'll be your host in today's interview. I'm here with Scott Mazingo, Julia Eldred, and Joey Altum. Thanks for being here today, guys. Hey, Chris. Hello. Yeah, hey, Chris. Good to be with you. Yeah. So our focus for today is to unpack the significance of honoring the elderly by diving into the spiritual, ethical, and social aspects of senior care. So through the lens of Grace Church's Senior Honor Ministry, this episode aims to highlight the challenges faced by the elderly. Julia, you've been deeply involved in leading this ministry, and we're recording this during National Assisted Living Week. I know we're (laughs) posting this weeks later, but can you share some of the core philosophy behind Senior Honor? Sure. Um, I've been involved with Senior Honor for about 14 years as a volunteer, and so let me give you a little background on National Assisted Living Week for those who aren't familiar with this event. So it was established in 1995, and it provides a unique opportunity for residents, their loved ones, the staff, the volunteers, and local communities to celebrate the individuals who live and work in assisted living communities. Mm -hmm. It also allows us to learn more about this sector of long-term care. Um, As a church, we serve 10 communities throughout the upstate. Each of our campuses um, has a dedicated assisted living community that they partner with. Um, Through these partnerships, we serve approximately 650 residents and around 700 staff each week. Mm. This happens mainly through providing worship services, Bible studies, um, activity support at the communities, birthday celebrations, and regular resident visits. Julie, can you just give those numbers again? That's a pretty big scope. Yeah. So in the 10 communities that we partner with, um, we serve approximately 650 residents and around 700 staff each week. Oh, that's great. Um, Also through Grace's Senior Honor Ministry, we're seeking to minister to the needs of residents and staff in these communities. Um, Because God values life from the cradle to the grave and has a divine purpose to work both in and through every person, regardless of their age. Our goals are to provide worship and biblical community for those living in the assisted living communities we partner with. In this environment, we're able to disciple those we are serving and also have the benefit of being discipled ourselves. So um, recently, uh, Matt was teaching and he highlighted senior honor from the stage. He, He mentioned this phrase. He said, the highest love in the lowest act. The highest love in the lowest act. Could you just unpack that a little bit more for our listeners? Yeah. So the idea Matt challenged us with is that those of us in our prime, whatever age that is for us, um, are to be serving those who are no longer in what our culture considers prime or prime of life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's our responsibility to be a blessing to those who are marginalized and in some cases hidden or just not seen. Um, It reminds me of where God talks about do unto the least of these. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Another scripture that comes to mind is Psalm 71, 9. It says, do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. And I think this is a common feeling of people that are in assisted living communities. Um, And so for us, living out this idea can be challenging and humbling. When we serve and deplete ourselves to serve someone else, something in us is going to change. Um, We are able to see the image of our creator in those we serve and have the opportunity to bear our creator's image to those who are vulnerable and marginalized. Mm. Um, Statistics say over the next seven to 10 years, the number of those that are living in these communities will will more than double. So for us, that means our opportunity to respond to this challenge from Matt and scripture is growing, and it's growing fast. 
So as our baby boomers are aging, we're going to see twice the population in the next seven to 10 years. Yeah. And so for, is it, tr is it true that for a lot of um, the residents in these communities, wouldn't they consider Grace Church to be their church? Yeah, definitely the ones in the communities that attend um, our weekly services at any of the communities do. Um, we've had residents and communities switch their membership to Grace Church. <laughs> they tithe regularly. Um, we've even had the privilege to do a funeral service for several residents wow. over the 14 years that um, we've been involved with Senior Honor. Wow, that's really awesome. So Joey, we talk about these communities. Um, let's let's go inside these communities for, for just a second and think about um, the staff. I know a big part of National Assisted Living Week is, is focusing on the staff and drawing attention to just the, the people that make everything work. Um, but one of the things that we learned is that a lot of these staff are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, how does that, and a few other facts about the staff, how does that interplay in your mind with the, the value and the dignity that we as a culture are assigning the elderly? Yeah, if you think about the folks that are um, in care, whether they ended up in care because families can't provide the care or families won't provide the care, they're in a position where the staff, the boots on the ground, um, are providing for them, meeting every need they have almost. And if you look at the income stats, they are paycheck to paycheck, right? Around the poverty level, a lot of these folks, is where they live, and they're, um, they're trying to do the best to provide for themselves. And so they will jump ship for minimal raises and creating gaps in one place to go take a job somewhere else. And so there's a measure of stability that's missing um, in the care when staff is turned over quite often. And so if you take a, like my dad was in an assisted living facility a few years ago, and um, we were, he passed away. And the day we were leaving, one of, the, um, one of the nurses stopped and said, hey, we just want to thank your family for being so awesome. And I'm like, uh, you don't know my family. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're okay. We're okay. We're not awesome. And I said, well, what makes us awesome? And they're like, well, you showed up consistently and we're just here with your dad. We don't have a lot of folks doing that for their families. And then she said, and you, you gave us some Chick-fil-A gift cards and a um, tray from Publix after he passed. Mm. Nobody really thinks of us and treats us that way. And so we were awesome for doing what we thought was the bare minimum. And it just speaks to the value that we assign to the elderly and the care they receive. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, and just to interject a personal story that's um, pretty recent, we had a family member, <clears throat> my wife Ashley, her mom passed away. She'd been in a care community for seven years, and um, it's been a sensitive topic for Ashley because she's an only child, so she's okay. bearing a lot of the the caregiving. And um, in those last three or four days, uh, her mom was able to pass peacefully there in her care community, and we saw so many people come in and um, love her. And this was not an unusual occurrence. This, this was the folks that had been loving her for seven years. Mm. And we it just surprised us. And, and, it, and it, it humbled us. And so here is Ashley thinking that we're her only family. We're her mom's only family. And we're bearing the weight. And then in that moment, we realized that it was we were not alone. Mm -hmm. that, that this wonderful staff had been sharing in that um, a privilege of caring for her mom for, for all those years and specifically the last six months as her health had declined. 
And so it, it really it really brought home this point that the staff is an extension of the family members. And um, I'm just glad that we have a chance to draw attention to that. And we hope that this stirs some thoughts just as we have volunteers going in and out of these care communities. We have a lot of people who uh, have family members, if not now in the near future are facing those um, decisions. And we just hope that we'll look at the staff differently. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say, Julia? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's easy to look at the staff and what they're doing and their attitude and actions through your lens, but you've not been in a community all day. You've not had to walk the hard. You've not had to see loss. You've not had to see challenge. You've not been um, rejected for how you're caring for someone mm. unintentionally. Right. Um, but there's a lot of heavy that staff and communities carry as well. That's so good. Yeah, it's been my experience that it's easy for those not in there every day, all day to make the staff a sum of the worst things they experience inside a care facility. Mm -hmm. And that's simply yeah. not the case. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, Joey, the last time we talked, we it was interesting how we talked about the ethical and spiritual concerns. Um, so, and you raised a few questions, you had some interesting stories, but um, can you just elaborate on just the pro-life culture concerning the elderly? Yeah, the, the question that came to me, and it's been in my mind for a number of years, is, is our, when I say our, the church at large, not just Grace Church, but the church at large, is our pro-life ethic around the elderly in line with the scriptures? Mm. Um, because we would say all life has value because all life is um, God-given and all life is good and all life bears out his image in this broken and sinful world, but it still is good. Mm -hmm. And so if that's the case, then we are to care for folks wherever they are in life. And it's particularly as they age and they move into a season, again, where families either won't or can't provide care, and we have resource that we can bring to bear, where we bring some relief in their life, where we make their life better because we see them as image bearers and our brothers and sisters, I would say we're responsible for that. Hmm. Because, I mean, I am 51, and I've been through this with my dad, and all my friends are going through it in some ways. I mean, the complicated, nuanced issues of end-of-life care is overwhelming yeah not only for the families trying to figure out what to do but for those in care because they went from being independent to fully dependent i mean whether that be economically socially relationally i mean everything they once could do they no longer can do and it's incredibly disorienting mm -hmm. and incredibly i mean sad i can't imagine what it's like mm -hmm. and so for us as a church as christians if we're going to provide honor and dignity to these image bearers then we have to be present with them in their lives. Mm. And that is providing services, that's taking our kids around, that's doing all sorts of things. Because, I mean, the loss and disempowerment those people must feel, that we will feel one day. Mm -hmm. Like, if we can't empathize and sympathize with that now and move into it, we are missing an incredible opportunity to disciple them in this season of life and grow in our own discipleship. Mm. I'm just letting that... I'm letting that hit me. Like I want to say something, but I don't. I don't. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's um, it's convicting. It's well, un uncomfortable and tricky. Yeah, I mean, because there's uh, there's we don't want to neglect our opportunity. We don't want to neglect our witness. But I like what you said there at the end. It, it's more than that. It's more than a negative. Like like we need those folks. We need them in our lives. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and the idea of being image bearers, I mean, it's just so in, it's so important to, to think about um, what does that mean to, to bear that image. And so, so Julia, um, you know, we can get image bearing language from Genesis. You mentioned Matthew 25, the statement of Jesus about caring for the least of these. Uh, Psalm 71, I think, was referenced earlier. Don't cast me away when I'm old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. Can you just take these these passages and a few others and just kind of tie them together and give us a, a, a charge um, on how we should take these passages and begin to really uh, soak them in and apply them in our actions towards our elderly communities? Yeah, um, the Bible has a lot to say around the topic of um, caring for and honoring the elderly and what our responsibility towards them is. One of the statements that is in my head often um, about honoring the elderly is that God values life from the cradle to the grave. So there's not an expiration date on when we stop valuing life. And in the scripture, we find that we're charged to live this out in many ways. If we look at Leviticus 19.32, it says, Stand up in the presence of the aged, show respect for the elderly, and revere your God. I am the Lord. Um, This is one of the scriptures that makes our attitude towards the elderly very clear. We are to honor them. Um, There are many other scriptural, scriptural examples of what honor and dishonor are, and these give us a clear idea of what honor is considered. So for a definition... Um, based on what I see in scripture, honor is to esteem, revere, regard, respect, give recognition to, or recognize the value, importance, or significance of someone. And in contrast to that, the opposite of honoring would be to despise, reject, mock, show contempt for, be ashamed of, or speak evil or poorly of someone. Um, These are principles that apply to all elderly. Um, a lot of times it, when you go into a assisted living community, you're not going to agree with the politics or religious beliefs or things mm-hmm. um, that you run into there. And so this principle, these principles um, apply to those we agree with and those we don't. Mm-hmm. And so that can be challenging sometimes. Yeah. So this is a tr- that's a transcendent principle of respect and honor, regardless of our own uh, likes or dislikes. Absolutely. And this goes back to the whole being formed and made in the image of God and the cradle to grave idea that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. That's great. hundred um, percent. There's also a set of 10 principles that are used um, in many assisted living or long-term care communities. Um, they're called, they are from what is called the Eden alternative. Um, and they're actually foundational in deconstructing negative attitudes about aging and changing abilities. Although these aren't directly taken from scripture, um, many of them align with biblical thinking around aging. So I wanted to just share two of them. do that. Um, So principle eight states, the wisdom of the elders grows in direct proportion to the honor and respect accorded to them. So in Job 12.12, we find um, the statement, is wisdom not found among the aged? does not a long life bring understanding. We clearly see here the value and significance found in the elderly. Yeah, I remember the last time we were talking, you shared a story about Stella. Can you share that? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, I met Miss Stella about 14 years ago while serving as a volunteer through Senior Honor. Um, Stella's father was a circuit rider preacher. 
which we don't find anymore, or not very often. Um, one of his jobs was to ride on horseback from town to town and preach the gospel at different churches. Um, it was one Father's Day, and we were sharing stories um, and memories about our fathers. And so Stella shared um, that whenever her father met someone, before he would leave, he would say two things to them. He would tell them, God loves you, and eternity is a long time. The story was wisdom given to Stella from her elder or her father, and Stella passed that wisdom on to me in the role of being my elder. Um, what this did for me is I learned the beauty and simplicity of what sharing the gospel could look like from this one moment of sitting with an elder. If I did not honor and respect the value in my elders at that moment, I would have lost out on the opportunity of finding some wisdom and understanding. And so what you're reminding us is that there are hundreds in the communities that we're serving. There are 650 Stellas with countless nuggets of wisdom that have been passed down to them that are just, um, just fruit for us to enjoy by simply engaging in the conversation, just like we're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. Or simply just sitting and listening. And listening. You can't put a price on sitting and learning from someone who has walked the path of living for Christ twice the amount that you have. Mm, that's true. For some people that serve in our senior honor communities, it's three times their age. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about another principle from the Eden Alternative. Yeah, so principle four um, reminds me a little bit of Matt's statement we talked about earlier. Um, when we serve and deplete ourselves to serve someone else, something changes in us. And the principle states, to give care to another makes us stronger. To receive care gracefully is a pleasure and an art. A healthy human community promotes both of these virtues in its daily life. If I am thinking about scripture, again, um, it makes me think of Psalm 71, 18 and 19, which says, now that I am old and my hair is gray, don't leave me, God. I must tell the next generation about your power and greatness. God, your goodness reaches far above the skies. You have done wonderful things. God, there is no one like you. So in this, David was most likely the writer here, and this can be applied to the church at large or any believer in distress. So the scripture gives an example of giving and receiving. Through the simple act of serving and being present, we let our elders or the elders we serve feel valued and remembered. And we're open to the opportunity of being changed ourselves from what we can learn from their life, from their wisdom. Yeah, I love that verse because there's just such an imperative. I must tell the next generation of your power and greatness. Yeah. And like you mentioned earlier, when you have decades of following God and you see the stories, um, just the excitement that the Stellas of the world have to be able to just, just share their story. And we talk about that a lot. When we talk about uh, evangelism, the gospel, we're just like, just tell your story. And so that's a, that's a really beautiful tie-in to Psalm 71. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also that if we are not there and present to hear the story, we're stealing a blessing from the elderly. We're stealing a piece of what they can still contribute, mm -hmm. even though they can't, you know, work in a normal workforce or do the things they used to do. They can still contribute, and that is a hugely impactful and fundamental way that they can by sharing yeah. 
wisdom and who God is and who God's been to them. Yeah. Now, Joey, you walked us through some just personal experience with your dad earlier. You've also served as campus pastor, um, Powdersville, most recently in Traveler's Rest. Share a little bit about your experience as a campus pastor, um, just leading the charge for senior honor in those congregations. Yeah, so if, as people lose independence and they grow independence, that's an easy path to losing their identity. And so for us as a church, our responsibility to be present with our brothers and sisters, being able to apply the truths of the scriptures to remind them their identity is in Christ is something that we have to take very seriously. And we, we can do that in a number of ways, by reading the scriptures to them, by sharing our stories with them, by listening to their story. Um, the value of singing in these facilities is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I've sat in rooms and watched people not be able to have, um, not be able to maintain conversations. Um, but when somebody sits behind the piano in that facility and plays a hymn that they have grown up hearing all their lives, something mm-hmm. comes alive in them and they're able to worship and able to connect. And so for us as a church, like that, that is who we want to be. We want to be people who see our brothers and sisters who have been marginalized to some extent, who are being cared for by people who aren't highly valued financially, mm-hmm. that we have to be moving toward them in a way that we make the gospel real and tangible for them, trusting that that's what God had us do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last weekend, we at Powdersville campus, we did a outreach fair. And so we had an opportunity after each service to go out and learn about different areas of ministry that we could get plugged into. And so it was really uh, impactful to go check out the uh, senior honor table. So maybe tell us a little bit about the who, the what, the how, and where of this ministry, senior honor. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, there's a lot, so hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the who are our focus of senior honor ministry are the residents and the staff that are in the assisted living communities that we partner with throughout the upstate. Um, The reason we do this is because God values, again, life from the cradle to the grave Mm -hmm. and has a divine purpose to work both in and through every person. Um, Our what or our goal for Senior Honor um, is to minister to this group of people through sound biblical teaching, transparent spiritual relationships, Mm -hmm. authentic friendships, and solid counseling. The way we achieve this goal is by intentionally engaging with residents, their families, the community staff and caregivers. And this can happen in a lot of ways. Um, Some of them are the weekly church service, um, when we go and visit with residents one-on-one, supporting ongoing activities in a community, and just so many more ways. So if you're wondering where you can serve or volunteer, every campus has a dedicated senior honor partner community. Um, You're not restricted to volunteering at the site your campus partners with, but this would be the best place to start. Um, If you live right next door to one of our other communities, start there. Um, And the charge is universal. So even if it's not one of our partner communities, if you have a connection at a senior living community, start there. Go in and see what the needs are. Ask what you can do. Ask if there's a resident who could use visits. Um, On our website, you can find a list of all of our partner communities um, just by typing senior honor in the search bar. And then a window will pop up and it's two thirds of the way down the page. That's awesome. When you were a campus pastor leading the charge on some of this at your campus, like what were some of the stories that came out of community groups or different groups that actually participate in what you're talking about? 
Yeah, without fail, people would be a little hesitant to go about what they would see, about what they would experience, what it was going to be like. Um, but also without fail, once people went and they were around the folks and they were with other people, being on mission, um, being able to take their kids, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a legit reward to carve out time on Sunday afternoon to go over and be with them. Um, it was rewarding in a number of ways. Um, I had a story coming out where um, one of our folks said, you know, I used to um, hate sitting around listening to my grandmother tell all these stories. Um, but what would I do now to be able to go back and hear all these stories? Mm-hmm. And now I can go hear um, from folks who are my grandmother's age. I can go hear stories from them. And that's just a, that's just a blessing for me being present with them and them being present with me. Yeah. If you were sitting with um, some people and you're, what are some questions that you would want us to ask if you were sitting in a room like that? Worship's not started yet, but it's about to. And just like take us there right now. What would be some questions, some things that you would want to challenge us to like have? As, as far as asking the residents? Yeah. yeah. I mean, people that work there, people that are actually residents there. I mean, what, what, what would you love to capture our imagination? Yeah, so if you take, let's take the, the residents first, learning their story. Hey, where are you from? What was your life like? Um, especially if they're a Christian, how did you come to faith? And you have to be ready because some stories are very sad um, because their family can't provide care for them, so this is the best they can do. And then there's some families... They've chosen not to. Years ago when I was in a facility, we were having a service, and everybody was gathered around and playing the piano and singing and worshiping and laughing and swapping stories about being young. And I noticed off to the left of the room, there was a lady sitting by herself, and I um, couldn't have that. So I walked over and started talking to her, and she was fully in her right mind. Um, her body is good. Her husband died somewhat suddenly. Um, they had a farm with some acreage that he tended to, and she had her roles and responsibilities there as well. And when he passed, her kids didn't think she could keep up with the family farm, and they had a chance to make some money on it, and so they made some money, and they mm. put her in there, and she sees them about once a month. And I asked her how that made her feel, mm. and um, she said it made her feel terrible. And the reason she can't go um, sit in the service that we were providing there is it reminds her how much she misses her service with her husband um, and her local church. Mm. And so... Um, Last I heard, she's still there. It still sits on the sidelines, but it's a blessing to her just being in proximity with her. Um, but even going and talking with her and just learning that, man, she's there against her will in some ways, um, opened my eyes to, like, a real responsibility for people. Yeah. And then for the staff, like, I asked one of the – so my dad was in a memory wing, and I asked um, one of the staff, I said, hey, tell me the hardest part of your job. Um, I said, just, just tell me there's something that we don't see that's the hardest part of your job. And she said, well, at night when there's no family here and the staff is minimal because we're short-staffed and you hear all the sounds coming from the wing and you know that we have minimal resource that we can bring to provide relief for all these people in this memory wing. And she said, I just stand in the hall and pray because I know I can't do anything else. So all I can do is stand on this hall and pray that God would work and be in the hearts and minds of these people. And I pray for the day when they're not suffering anymore. Mm. And that was just a real compelling thing to me to hear from her because I all I see is the the daytime when there's more staff and there's more people present. Right. And so it was just a, it was really eye opening to me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, if I could just speak to the role of the family, um, you know, one of the byproducts of so many of these communities is they they do shield us 
from hundreds of people who are aging and hundreds of people that are dying. And, you know, we were a family, young kids, all the grandparents, young and healthy, and our kids were never around any elderly people, which means they were never around death and dying. And that's not a healthy thing. And so I'm thinking about elementary age kids. And so um, just down the street, there was a community. Uh, Ashley would take the kids. They'd go see Miss Gloria. She loved to see the kids. They would come in. There'd always be candy. They would tell stories. We would go there for um, trick-or-treating at Halloween. It was just great. But then one month, Miss Gloria got sick, and then Miss Gloria passed away. And that was just a sweet time to remember her life for our, our kids and also just come to grips with the reality that life doesn't last forever. And we could not have engineered that for them. And it was real and it was human and it was tangible and it was sweet. And there was just this um, sense of God, creator, image bearers, um, temporary life on earth, future in heaven, that was a living illustration for our family. And I'm just really, really grateful, grateful for that. And so just to any young families and you're thinking about this, you're listening to this and you're thinking about this, just just picture um, what that could look like mm-hmm. as you incorporate those kinds of relationships into your family. Yeah. Well, I want to thank every volunteer that has been involved in Senior Honor. Very grateful for y'all's energy and just appreciate you. Julia, if you could just tell us a little bit about how can we get involved? What does that look like? from a campus level. Share with us how we can get more involved in this. Yeah, so every campus has a champion for their relationship with their assisted living community. And so you can fill out a connect card, you can go on the website and fill out fill out a digital connect card mm-hmm. for serving opportunities and mark senior honor. If you can't find the little box to check, yeah. you know, write it in the comments and that will go to your campus staff and they will put it in the hands of the correct person and somebody on a senior honor team will reach out to you and let you know what next steps are for that particular community yeah that's great well i want to thank you guys for being here it's been a rewarding episode and i think for for me personally what i'm excited about is about our community group and just what does the next year look like for us we have people in our community group that have kids this is something doable i think for our group to go once a month so we're trying to figure out how to do that so if you want to learn about that more do what julia just mentioned but i think this has been great and grateful for y'all today yeah, thanks. Thanks, yeah. Chris. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Well, as we wrap up today's episode, we want to thank you for joining us. If you have questions or want access to additional resources, be sure to check out the podcast page located in the show notes. Thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to joining you on the next episode.